Welcome to The Coaching Podcast with Simon Blair and Emma Doyle, the show that explores how to coach for success in both sport and business. Simon is owner and founder of Five Degrees and is a customer experience coach specializing in sales and customer service for contact centers. Emma is a performance coach, mentor and speaker with more than 20 years experience in coach education, both in Australia and around the world. First up in this episode of The Coaching Podcast, Simon interviews our featured guest, Dr. Steve Barlow. Steve is a coach education specialist with a doctorate in psychology. He provides professional development for coaches specifically in the areas of change fitness and change readiness through his business, The Change Gym. He's a highly regarded speaker and author of four books on the importance of change readiness for organizational change, with one of these books becoming a text for three master's degree programs at the University of Tasmania. Welcome, Steve. Thank you very much, Simon. Nice to be here. Terrific. Yes. And, uh, uh, looking forward to uh, asking you some questions and uh, about yeah, uh, picking yeah, your brains. Well, I, a little bit of uh, trepidation about some of these <laughs> questions, but n- <laughs> nonetheless, we'll dive in and see what happens. Absolutely. So, Steve, I want to uh, start with the. I'll just give you a bit of context. Uh, we asked uh, Emma, uh, my, my co-host. She asks our international guest what we call the Vegemite question. Uh, do you love it or you hate it? And uh, to start off any interview, and I thought I've got to come up with something for our Australian uh, uh, guest because, you know, we all love Vegemite, don't we? <laughs> um, something that uh, polarises. So here's question one. Do you like anchovies on pizza? Anchovies on pizza. Well, that's a pretty easy question for me to answer, Simon, because I, I don't like anchovies on anything. And uh, I don't even really like pizza that much. I, I very rarely eat bread. So anything that's bread-based is, is not something that I tend to go for. So uh, that's a pretty easy question. The answer is no, distinctly no. <laughs> distinctly no. <laughs> Love it. Okay. So as a result of uh, your, um, <clears throat> your no, uh, the next question is you need to tell me what would you consider to be the worst a bad coaching experience or the worst coaching experience that you feel you've ever had in your career? The worst coaching experience? Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I think that uh, one of the worst things that coaches can do uh, is uh, to tell people what they ought to do and not actually find out whether they're capable of doing it. Mm. And I've had some people give me advice uh, on areas that I don't know anything about and, uh, you know, they've just given me their advice, their opinion of what I should do and basically left it like that. And I've gone away knowing what I should do but not having a clue how to do it or even feeling like it would be possible for me to succeed at it. And uh, that actually has left me feeling more disempowered than, you know, than I was even before I went there. So uh, I, I do have a coach that I see on a regular basis and uh, he helps me with uh, business-related stuff. Uh, but he, he does a fantastic job because he not only tells me, you know, gives me some sense of where I should head and what the future should look like, but he actually, um, 
he actually helps me to understand myself a lot better. Mm. And at the end of the day, at the end of the coaching session, because I've understood myself and my thinking a bit better than I did at the start, I tend to feel like what he suggested to me is more capable, is more achievable than uh, than I have from people who just tell me what to do and leave me to do it. And um, it's that sense of being able to empower people or mm. leaving people in a in a state of sort of disempowerment. And and I think that's probably the worst coaching experience that I've ever had from people. And sometimes I must admit I've spent a lot of money, you know. <laughs> asking people to help me who left me feeling worse than what I did before. Yeah, look, that's uh, that's true. You've covered a number of uh, interesting themes there, and I like the fact that you've got, uh, I suppose, uh, your own coach and mentor as well, which uh, mm. that's terrific. So, uh, Steve, I'm going to ask you the next one, which is we call the sliding doors question. Right. At some point in your history, as we all do, you've made – there's been moments in time where you've chosen to go left – when you could have gone yeah. right or vice versa. Yeah. Do you think of a particular moment that uh, resonates with you? That Yeah, situation? well, I, I, uh, I've, I've probably had a number of those moments. Um, and I guess a lot of people who get into coaching don't, it's not something that they do when they leave school. They, they do other things and they end up doing coaching. Hmm. Uh, my background was in education and uh, I taught in, uh, in schools for many, many years and, um, and at one point of time, about nearly 20 years ago now, I, um, I'd been teaching at a, this high school for quite a number of years and I was basically over it. I wanted to uh, have a change. And so I saw some jobs uh, advertised and uh, I applied for three of them and I didn't hear any results for, from, either, from any of the jobs for a couple of weeks and then I got offered all three jobs in the one week. <laughs> Um, one of them was for a permanent teaching job at a different school. Another one was for a 12-month uh, contract job at another school. And the third one was for uh, three days a week on a six-month contract working in a prison. And uh, I looked at these three jobs and I, and I thought, well, I mean, the, the, least, uh, the least familiar is the prison job. Uh, and it's also the one that has got the least amount of work attached to it and the least amount of money. But somehow it sort of intrigued me and I thought, well, why not give that a go? So I, I, I ditched the other two and I signed up for the prison job, which ended up turning into the next year into uh, five days a week and I was there for about eight years uh, uh, just running anger management groups for prisoners in a maximum security prison in Sydney. And uh, that, that sort of little decision that, you know, was, was one choice out of a number that I could have made at the time, and I wasn't even sure if it was the right choice. And I remember the first day I walked in the prison and through all the gates and the guys mm. with the guns and all of that sort of stuff, and I, I wondered at that point whether I'd made the right choice, whether this was going mm. to be a good move for me. But, you know, out of all of that uh, came really the future direction of, of my life from that point because being in the prison system um, introduced me to people who, who needed to make personal change and a system 
that was meant to support people in making personal change. It's the Department of Corrective Services, so it's meant to help people mm -hmm. make corrections in their life. Uh, but there's a lot of good people there and there's a lot of people that are trying very hard. But uh, I, I came to realise something about people and change, and that's what got me into this whole area mm -hmm. of personal change fitness and organisational change readiness. And the, the prisoners taught me a lot. The system taught me a lot. I did a lot of thinking and a lot of reading. That's what I ended up doing my PhD on, this topic of, of personal and organisational change and the readiness and the fitness mm. uh, that enables people to succeed. When so many people fail, yep. so many people fail at personal change, so many organisations fail at organisational change, and yet, you know, there, there are common threads in the people who succeed. There are common threads in the organisations who are successful. And so I, I came to understand what those common threads were. And that's what I now teach people, uh, particularly teaching coaches at the moment, uh, of what those common threads are and, and how to help them get better outcomes with their people. Uh, because at the end of the day, I guess we all get into teaching or coaching or whatever it is, counselling or whatever, in order to help people. That's it. And, uh, you know, it's, it's, we get something out of it because we enjoy doing it, but we really want to be more effective in the lives of other people. Absolutely. So I guess that's my sliding doors moment. That... Wow. That's, uh, that's a pretty good one, Steve. Uh, might be hard for others to top that, I reckon. <laughs> that's, uh, um, what a choice you were confronted with and, uh, yeah, the, obviously the learnings, yeah, as, as you described, uh, that's a, a great story and uh, a terrific example of, of the choices uh, we make and where that, uh, where that takes you in life. So, yeah. Uh, so, Steve, uh, in two, three words maximum, three words or less, could you uh, please describe what you think makes a great coach? What makes a great coach? Mm. Ah uh, well, I think that I think that what makes a great coach is some is the ability to uh, recognize that it's not what the coach does ultimately that matters the most. Uh, obviously, great coaching is important. It's important to be able to ask the right questions and to listen effectively and and help people understand themselves, but. At the end of the day, it's not the coach who's got to make the change. It's the client that's got to make the change. That's why they come to the coach in the first place. And uh, so three words, okay. Uh, gosh, <laughs> learning, growth, and change. Learning, growth, and change. Terrific. You, you got change in there, which is not, not surprising. Um, but uh, absolutely, that's, that's terrific. Learning, growth, and change. Uh, were you buying yourself some thinking time then, Steve? <laughs> oh, I got a bit distracted, I think. <laughs> that's, that's terrific. Just to quickly explain for those unfamiliar with uh, the anchovies question or the Vegemite question, uh, if, you answer, if our guest answers uh, in the negative, they don't like it, then the... Follow-up question is, well, tell us about the worst experience you've had. 
uh, as a coach or coachee, and conversely, if they answer in the positive, then uh, we ask them, tell us about a great experience that you've had. So, Great job on the anchovies question there, Simon Blair, really liked that one. And of course, he, he chose that he disliked the anchovies and goes on to bring up a really great point about whether a coach E is ready for the information or whether they're actually capable of achieving the advice that often coaches give out. And I see this time and time again on the tennis court where, you know, especially let's take a really young child and, um, you know, you've got a five-year-old trying to, you know, learn learn a quite an advanced forehand technique when they're just not ready. They need to take their racket back and keep the strings close to the ball. I mean, I see it time and time again. I love that he, he he's very... Um, you know, um, he just calls a spade a spade is what I got through that interview. He just, he says, listen, some coaches give out information when the coach is, is, is not ready or um, maybe, you know, they're just not in the right space to hear it. Um, hi, Emma. Hi. <laughs> it's me. Oh, thank you for your kind comments around the anchovies question. I found it fascinating that he actually doesn't like pizza at all. I mean, I didn't expect that sort of double, yes. double whammy. Yes. Uh, and I knew, so I knew I was onto a good one with that. Um, mm, mm. And I think, yeah, my takeaway from that, which just that word you're searching for, was how what I concluded was, I suppose, capacity mm, to change in, in whatever mm. that means for each individual. Yes. It could be psychologically they're not ready. Uh, you know, their, their skill set, yes. their foundation skill set yes. is just not where it needs to be for yes. the uh, maybe the more advanced thing that you're yes. looking to coach them on. Yes, cognitively, emotionally, physically, psychologically and uh, spiritually. I mean, whatever that means for somebody. Yeah, um, yeah I, really, I really love that, um, the way that, you know, he, he mentions the word achievable. You know, it's, it's a, as a coach, the ability to set that challenge just outside of, of somebody's reach um, is really important. I think it, it really helps us as, as coaches. The quicker we can work that out, then we're more likely, um, obviously, to have them achieve success. And as we know, you know, especially I deal a lot with, with children, and as we can give them success and um, help them on the path of achieving, achieving, and then just pushing them outside of that comfort zone is a really, uh, you know, is a really um, fantastic tool to have in a coach's toolkit. Um, Emma, I, th- I see that as being essential. The themes you're talking about, what, what um, Steve mentioned is we are really the essence of what drives growth yes. for, for any of us in our, in our lives. Um, and there's a quote that I... Um, put together and and got out there on social media not too long ago, uh, which absolutely resonated with me. And it's from David Bowie. And it was interesting, his take from a musician's perspective. Mm -hmm. And I latched onto it because of everything that I was involved with in that, at that moment in that week with uh, people that I was coaching. And it was really exactly what you're just saying. And if you don't mind, I wouldn't mind just reading it out because Mm, I think it's very applicable. What is it? This was taken from an interview that he did, I think, with Parkinson, Parkinson. So it was straight from a, a video mm-hmm. that when he died, um, there was obviously a lot of information out there. And here mm. it is. If you feel safe in the area that you're working in, you're not working in the right area. Mm. Always mm. go a little further into the water than you feel capable of being in. Go a little bit out of your depth. And when you don't feel that your feet are quite touching the bottom, 
you're just about in the right place to do something exciting. Mm, mm. And uh, absolutely, yeah. I think that from a growth perspective, mm. it's that comfort zone yes. stuff, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. And I want to bring up a really cool coaching tip that I use um, on court. And that is, uh, so take take that person just beyond, say, their, their reach, just outside of their, their challenge zone. And let's say the activity is going disastrously. Um, they're just not getting it and they're failing. And, you know, there's sometimes um, maybe a beginning coach might just just leave the activity totally and just go, yeah, that was way too hard. Um, sometimes what I do is I then go back to um, a, a different activity. Sometimes it's actually the opposite of what I'm trying to get them to work on. So let's say I was working yep. on depth and I'm, and I'm trying to get them to hit the ball deeper, but they're just they're, they're floundering, they're not getting it. Right, I go back to right, hit it as short or as close to the net as you can using a bit of slice or a bit of backspin. And then I go back to the activity, like just a couple of two or three minutes. Just flip it, yeah. Just flip it. Um, opposites. Uh, I'm a huge fan of that technique. And I find it does help people go, ah, oh, ah. Oh. You know, because when the penny drops, is at different points for different people. Um, so you've got to read and just make sure that it's just outside of their reach. And if you think it's within their grasp, Try the um, the idea of, or the concept of opposites, even in the workplace. That, that that's you could definitely use that technique. Absolutely. Well, I actually had uh, came back from a coaching session with a very important client of mine uh, during the week, where I'm coaching frontline managers in how to coach. So it's very much coach the coach program, and ran a three hour workshop. And one of the critical techniques I, I did was, and, and I've, I use it consistently. Well, it's exactly what you're saying. Um, waiting for the penny to drop, and for certain individuals where they're struggling, I just it's complete role reversal. So mm. often it's simulated environments of okay, you're coaching, mm. I'll be a staff member, or your your colleagues here in this room, they're your staff. Okay, go deliver feedback. Uh, and coaching around this this topic that we're we're looking at, and they have a go, and then you know th- I see them struggling with it, and so uh, in this in this session, I actually got one individual just to um, uh, you know, be the be the coachee, be the coachee. I'll be the coach, and I want you to experience what it feels like listening to I suppose what you just did. Mm, mm, fantastic, and. Oh, you know, it's mm. literally feeling it um, mm. by by mm. being in that in that headspace and yeah. really good technique. And and it's I find using that I do that a lot in the in the work that I do. And it, yeah, it's just create a little bit of discomfort, but it's putting it's perspective. Mm. Mm. It's the different perspective of seeing it from the other side of the fence. Well, how about I put you on the other side of the fence? Yes, uh, yes. and feel what that that's like. And um, that's really what happened in the sliding doors question, isn't it? In his life, he he had the the three job choices, mm. and he chose the one that was definitely you would you would say outside of his comfort zone. Love that, that mm. as a conscious choice to mm. actually you go. You know what? For my growth, for my mm. development, uh, mm. and and potentially long term satisfaction, it's not the the immediately obvious you know job mm. choice. Mm. It's the one that's actually going to challenge me and and put mm. me out of my safety zone. <laughs> yes. Uh, literally, yes. <laughs> in this yes, case, yes. Uh, and well, wow, I mean that that takes courage. Mm, mm, we talk mm. about bravery and courage a lot, mm. you know, in terms of mm. what what we expect of coaches and yes. and obviously those that get coached mm. to step outside of comfort zones. Well, there's a really great example. And speaking of great examples, I can't help myself, Simon. I have to share with our audience. 
uh, the time that I did coach in a prison. Oh, yeah, it's really? A, yes, here we go. Um, and you know, it is it is a great segue because I could really relate to what um, he was saying around when he when he first rocked up. And you know, put myself if you were in my shoes, you would be in your low twenties. And you were very um, courageous to say to, to even put your hand up and say, "Yeah, you, you know, youth detention centre, yeah, pick me." Um, and really, you know, back in the day, yep, lesson plan. I was all sorted. Been to I've been to Deakin University. I, you know, I know how to coach and had my <laughs> lesson plan all sorted. And I rocked up, and I remember thinking, as "What could a, possibly go wrong?" <laughs> yeah, as as he did when I when I you know this is even this first part is it was a sign. But I walked in the gates, and uh, I had a of, you know, a fitness footwork ladder in the bottom of my coaching basket. And the, the guy, you know, he just said, ah, uh, hello. Ladders. Uh, <laughs> if that's not hilarious in itself. I was like, ah, oh, ah. Oh. And this was like, yeah, the time where I was kind of dyeing my hair blonde. Um, no, no, no. So. Um, <laughs> I'm not editing that out, by the way. <laughs> uh, we'll leave that in there. I'm, I'm still blonde now. So, to, you know, all the, the gorgeous blondes out there. Um, right, yeah, moving on. <laughs> uh, so I put it right in back, put it back in my car. And and there I was. And I was all, it was like on an indoor um, basketball court. It was a makeshift tennis court. And I set up the rackets and I had all my cones. You know, I had my, like, my, I was going to do like a circuit warm up, like, hello. And uh, anyway, I kid you not, these, um, it was a women's um, detention center. These women come in and they just got tennis rackets and picked up the balls and they started hitting the ball as hard as they could in any direction, (laughs) any direction, like as hard as they could. I got my lesson plan. I thought this is well outside of your comfort zone. I basically, you know, literally almost metaphorically ripped it up and I said, everyone get a ball and a racket and hit it as hard as you can in any direction praying to God that no one was going to, you know, get hurt because this was like back in the day, This there wasn't the modified tennis ball, that, which there is now. So these were, you know, mm, the, the, the yeah. yellow hard tennis ball. So I was like, please just no one get hit in the temple and, and drop dead, you know. Um, so we did that. And the minute I let go of my lesson plan and let them do that for, it was probably around, it felt like 20 minutes, but it was probably around five minutes. And then I just said, all right, everyone bring it in. And just use that. And it was like because I had allowed them just for five minutes to yeah, do yeah. what they wanted to do, yep. I got their attention. Mm. If I had gone with my, my my you know, kind of circuit warm-up that I had planned, yep. oh, oh, goodness, it would have been a disaster. More, just more authority in yeah. their lives. Yeah. They probably didn't need yeah. at that point. <laughs> exactly. And uh, and anyway, the rest of, the rest of the session, you know, went it went pretty well. Um, but I'll never forget it. And as a young coach, I was outside of my comfort zone. I threw myself into that, and um, you know, for that experience. Um, but you know, in in this interview, uh, you know, he, he really goes to the next level of of some of you know some of the things we've been discussing around. I mean, we're talking about massive change here, yeah. aren't we? And and specifically, what he, Steve is is expert at is the change process. He coaches mm. people through mm. through adapting and dealing with change, and which we all have to do as coaches. Yes, but that is his expertise. That's that's the actual IP, and he touched on a number of things there. And I'm actually fascinated to actually delve into that a lot more, um, which uh, based on a few things that he actually mentioned. 
uh, and we'll put up, uh, you know, we'll mention um, his his website and everything as well. It's probably encourage people to go and check that out. Check that out, yeah. You know, um, I think that uh, another great story, if I could share from, from my experience at coaching um, about a, a player who – you know, had was showing bad signs of behaviour and um, lost a really significant match, very talented player. And uh, he was sitting down on the concrete after another another bad loss and, and shocking behaviour. And, um, you know, real change here, you know, you're kind of thinking, you know, when's it going to happen or how's he going to turn it around or, you know, you know the, the old cliche, he's got talent, but, you mm. know, what's going wrong? And um, I saw a brilliant piece of coaching where um, everyone was coming up to him and, and saying, oh, you know, bad luck, mate, you know, good try, you know, you made the final. And he was just giving them like donuts, yeah. you know, shrugging. And so this coach, what he did is he just came and he sat beside him and he first just almost rhythmically got into the same breathing pattern. Mm. I don't know what – I'm sure maybe that was technique. subconscious, yeah, yeah. but it, it might have even been some. It was mirroring, mirroring, and then he just literally he just goes. Can you smell that? It smells like it's going to rain. And this player had to literally, first of all, go what? <laughs> Looked at him like random, random a, and then b had to. Where did his eyes go? They went up. Yeah, yeah. and so he shifted his physiology. So before he even began any any work around the match and what happened and he just shifted that physiology and in shifting that physiology was able to then deliver some really strong messages around even to the point of saying, um, do you want to collect your trophy and, and, you know, stop playing tennis because if that's as good as you've got, you know, you've maximised your potential. Well done. Let's, yep. let's go and pick up the winner's trophy now and the check for the rest of your life. If that's what you've got, if that's your personal standard, um, you know, and um, he he used that and in that situation with that particular player being, especially being a strong male as well, there's obviously many different ways to skin a cat. But Mm. this, you know, just again, when we're talking about massive change, um, that that story came to mind because it it was a, a turnaround for this player. Yeah. I love that story, Emma. Um, In particular, just the the... The physicality, get literally getting him to do something different physically yes. to shift the the, the headspace mm, mm. and make him more receptive then to the message that you then want to impart. So absolutely, you're listening to the coaching podcast brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in call quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. Visit Five Degrees, spelled F I V E, at fivedegrees.com.au to find out how you can supercharge your sales and customer service efforts. And the coaching podcast also brought to you with thanks to Emma Doyle, international speaker, mentor, and performance coach, specialising in communication, women in leadership, and coach education for players, parents, clubs, schools, and coaches right around the world. Visit emmadoyle.com.au and discover your inner coach today. I guess Dr. Steve Barlow then, you know, he talks about these common threads, doesn't he? Um, we'd love to maybe get him on the show again and get him to reveal his. But if we if we now go to organisational change and some of the common threads that I think that we've both seen in our work with corporates, mm. um, certainly leadership from the CEO and the people in the in the leadership team, mm. I think is a really important 
um, place to begin. And, you know, what does that mean? You know, the very essence of leadership, uh, when it's done poorly, I suppose it's, you know, you send out the, the communications, the messages, the uh, do what I say rather than what I do mm. and, and those classic, uh, and that's where that's it, you know, as opposed to, I suppose, getting in the trenches um, and, and really you cannot avoid the hard conversations and the empathy that you need to have for those that are going to be going through the change. And you need to be able to articulate the end game. You know, what, where is it leading? Where are we heading? And critically, and this comes up in a number of our interviews with our, our guests and from our own experiences, is the why. Yes. And I, and I wonder if that's one of the critical things in, in the, uh, the common threads that, that Steve talks mm. about. Mm. Um, is, uh, because if, if, you, if the people that you're asking to go on board, get on board with the change, if... if if they don't see the why uh, and understand that, then the chances of failure must be increased, you know, exponentially. You know, so mm. um, that's my big big takeaway in terms of change. Yes, it always comes back to the why. Why are we yeah. doing this? Yeah. So that could be a great segue into having a listen to Steve's question. Ah, yes. Let's do that. Well, I think my question would be. Why are you in coaching? Why are you in coaching? You know, is it because you enjoy it and because you're good at it and because it, it, it fulfills your need and interest? Or is it really to make a big difference in the lives of people or to help people to really change? Mm. Uh, because they aren't the same thing. Mm. They are two different things. And... Um, <clears throat> So I guess it's about that effectiveness and mm. how effective are you and why are you doing what you're doing? Love it. Great question. And uh, something I think we all need to ponder, isn't it, about uh, all, mm. the, all the choices we make comes down to the why. And uh, I think uh, knowing that can make a huge difference. So great question. Why are you in coaching? And uh, Steve, I want to thank you so much. You gave us some really great stuff there. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Simon. Thank you. There you go, Emma. There's the <laughs> there is the there question. Is, it's all about the why. Yes. Um, I predict we're going to, you know, hear that a lot. Yeah. Well, let's answer it. I mean, you know, I, I think it is a good thing to actually ask yourself constantly. It, it is, to me, it taps into why do I get out of bed? Why do I do what I do? Why Why have I just spent all morning, this morning, literally, working with 30 girls, empowering them at a girl power camp here in Melbourne to be the best that they can be. Like, why Why do I do that? Because I want to make a difference in their lives so that they can feel like they can achieve anything. And to then go beyond that and then say, all right, let's really give them the tools and the strategies to be able to do that. And, and then ultimately, Emma, and I think this taps into the change process is, you know, as a so say, I'm your coach now listening to you and I'm asking you the question, which a good coach should do is yes. so, yeah, tap, trying to tap into the motivation of the person. Um, that's great, Emma. Sounds fantastic. But why are you doing it? Yes. For yourself. What do you get out of it? Because otherwise you yes. won't. We're all human beings. We're motivated by what's in it for us, first and foremost. Yes. Um, so, and, and even, yep. you know, even those that are, mm-hmm. you know, Mother Teresa and, and, mm. and the, there's something they personally derive within it, within what they do for others. Yes. Uh, which is what makes them do that. Yes. 
And for me to leave a, a, a legacy, to know that I have made a difference and I have impacted people in on this planet to be the best that they can be, that's that's a return for me. Mm. That's what makes yeah. that that is actually <laughs> to what, use a tennis analogy. <laughs> yes, literally, um, return to serve right back at m- me. Um, and that is important that I, I wake up and I know that improving the communication, coordination of confidence of people around the world, for them to be the best that they can be, that gives me just as much satisfaction. And that's why I'm speaking. I can impact one to many as well, being in the speaking world versus when I you know, was down at Oak Park Tennis Club just running one business, I was impacting 360 players a week. My dorky spreadsheet is now over 130,000. Mm. So, you know, um, and I want that number to grow. And it's because the more people that I can can touch and, and impact on a global scale, then I know that I'm I'm on purpose. I'm I'm all about making a difference in those three key areas. So I'm listening to you and I'm hearing, well, that's why you and I are here doing this coaching podcast. I think yes. that's, a, that's a common thread for both of us is – um, that reach, yes, to to tell our story, to have our to to get a greater reach, a greater resonance with more people, mm. uh, because we've got I don't know something to say. Mm, Whether to- anyone cares to listen to it or not <laughs> is well, another thing. But regardless, yeah. we cannot help but put it out there. Yeah, absolutely, and it deserves the inf- good information deserves to be out there. And I'm a massive believer in strategies, as you know, adding things to your coaching tool belt. You might listen to these episodes and pick up one. Or two things that you give it a go. Try it on like a new dress, even for you boys. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and what about the, um, I was going to say, the his, you know, what makes a great coach? So his three, uh, learning, growth, and of course, as you mentioned, change. change. Change, learning, growth, and change. And that's that really taps into my why as well. It taps into the, the learning part. I, I'm a big believer in the more I can be a learner myself and view what I do every day. Um, the players that I worked with this morning, I learned from them. I learned, oh, how can I tweak that or do mm. that better next time? And when we've got it again on tomorrow, what am I going to do differently to bring out the best in them? Growth and then change. And I've now, just this year alone, Simon, these these camps, these girl power camps, they I'm impacting on a massive scale. We've now hit three countries. We've hit 10 states and we've just clicked over close to 600 girls. Wow. That's, that's huge. That's making a change because because of the feedback they're giving us about the camp. It's not me saying, yep, I've made a change because I've hit the numbers. Mm. It's their testimonials. It's their what the emails that I've got post the camp and what they they have then done with the information and the strategies and the tools that then I've been able to pass on to them and the other coaches to, for them to the go and live their life and potentially make a change. Yep, that's mm. it. Uh, what, one of the great things I took from the three, um, uh, what makes components of what makes a great coach, learning, growth, change, is that you can actually spin that either way. It's the what the coach derives. Mm. So what makes a great coach is your own learning, your own growth, your own change, how you mm. uh, be self-aware, I suppose, and absorb, and be conscious and mindful of of the learning you get, the growth that you you have for yourself. 
yes. as a coach, that development and, and therefore the changes that come from that. And then obviously you can apply each of those three things to those that you coach as well as a result of what you do. Mm. Um, and I really I really like that yeah. Uh, dichotomy. So. Yeah. For me, this th- that's what this episode is all about because let's be honest, some days when we coach we go, oh, well, that – how, you know, when I'm reflecting on the lesson, did did I did I achieve what I wanted to? Did the client actually make any changes, mm. or was it the same as last week? And great coaches go about their work where that it's almost like their own personal standards are so high they demand change. Mm. I've got to tell you, Emma, that and I mentioned it before the session that I had last week. This client has been a client of mine for uh, three and a bit years now. Yes. And they wanted to be world's best. They've dealt with the fundamentals. They're now in a position, they've got a platform to literally achieve world's best. Yes. Without exaggeration. Yes. Which few companies get to a point of even being able to have a go at. Mm. Yeah. And, but of course, they're in it. They're having the journey. They don't quite even realize themselves how close they are for a lot of the magic to really now turn on and activate so they can achieve that. Mm. Uh, but I, I told them that, I told them that last week. And mm. I sold them that that vision. Uh, well, not sold. It wasn't. It was an easy sell mm. because I was able to demonstrate all the work we've done so far, the mm. hard yards. Uh, to they're they're ready, and certain individuals are now actually doing it. Have yes. had those moments. Have had those breakthroughs. And I'm talking about you know conversations with customers, needs based, consultative sales experiences that make customers go wow. Oh, this is great. It's irresistible. And the staff themselves just uh, just feel this this energy that they derive mm. from the from mm. what they're doing and helping and the realization they have. Mm. And so I suppose the point I'm trying to make is uh, you know when whether it's an individual or an organization as a whole, like my client, um, they have to make a conscious choice to uh, do they want to be great? And in this case, you know, world's best. And if, if that's framed right from the very beginning, then everything else that they do and certainly the support that I give them as a coach is in that context. And the likelihood, therefore, of them achieving that is uh, and actually pulling that off is significantly greater than if they don't have that clarity of vision um, and, and set that standard, as you were saying, set that standard for, for themselves. Mm. Something else Dr. Barlow mentioned was for himself, you know, the need for coaches and mentors. Yes. And and I suppose what I'm saying is um, perspective, yeah? Mm. I, I teach mm. a customer perspective and most of the value I provide is when you're in it, you can't see the forest for the trees. It's easier for me because I'm outside, mm. yeah? And like us as coaches, uh, like everyone out there in our audience, mm. um, you know, you can teach this stuff to others but often – for your own growth, your own coaching, your own development, you need that external sort of mechanism. And so anywhere you can get the opportunity to get, get um, you know, coaches who you respect who have been there and done that and that, just that step ahead, mm, uh, you what? know, latch onto it, grab it wherever you can. So Yeah, I think the best players in the world have coaches and that's that's true because they're yep. trying to find, you know, I always uh, I do a, I do one of my presentations is around, well, how do you get from, you know, a high school player to a college player, how do I, you get from a college player to being on the tour, then how do you break into top 500, top 100, top, you know, top 50, top 10, mm. be number one. Yeah, yeah. And well, 
say, for example, the the change that it takes between top ten to being number one in the world are the one percenters. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's really interesting. That's when we yeah. delve into some really in- interesting stuff. But when I consult um, with with large coaching organisations and, and businesses, my three key things are knowledge, skills, behaviour, which yep. is exactly what this episode's about. Yeah, skills, knowledge, attitude is how I spin it in the right. business world. So. Yeah, isn't that interesting? Yeah. So we we that wasn't pre. I didn't no. know that. And you'd, yeah. So, but um, you know, that's what we're talking about. And when you actually see the change in the behaviour, which is Definitely what, you know, Dr. Barlow, he's, that's the area he's in, mm. significant change. I mean, that, that, is, that is a great time to be a coach. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. So it's all about the why, as, uh, as, as Steve uh, has put the question to our audience. Um, it's what we constantly ask ourselves, and I think it's the most important question. So, yeah, have a, have a think about that for yourselves. Mm. No mm. doubt you've, as coaches, you probably tend to go there a lot, a lot but... Um, really dig down, get to root cause. Mm. There's probably often another layer to get to. Root why? Keep keep delving. Once <laughs> keep you've delving. taken off, off, off one layer of the onion, as Shrek says, augers have layers. <laughs> That's it. And isn't that five whys? Five whys will get you to the root cause of any problem. There any you go. Problem, so. There you go. Well, it's been a pleasure. Absolutely. Thank Thanks, you. Emma. Thanks, Simon. You've been listening to The Coaching Podcast. We'd like to thank Dr. Steve Barlow, our featured guest. You can find out more about his great work through The Change Gym via thechangegym.com. And you can connect with Steve on LinkedIn, where he's a highly active user, publisher, and curator of frequently great content for coaches. He's also the creator of the LinkedIn group, Coach Development and Support. Be sure to join. We'd like to hear your answers to Steve's fundamental question, why are you in coaching? You can do this via our Facebook group, which you are welcome to join. Just search The Coaching Podcast to find us. This will also give you the latest show news and allows you to interact with us directly. And don't forget to introduce yourself to the ever-growing network of coaches from around the world. You can also email the show via simon at thecoachingpodcast.com.au. If you're a fan of the show, then please leave a rating and review on iTunes and help us continue to grow our audience of coaching practitioners. The Coaching Podcast is proudly brought to you by Five Degrees, Australia's number one in quality monitoring and coaching for contact centres. And thanks to emmadoyle.com.au, speaker, mentor and performance coach. My name's Jane Neild, producer for The Coaching Podcast. Thanks for listening.